If you would grab a seat. Good morning. Sorry, David's a little taller than me. Well, here we are. We're in the second week of Advent already, which means a lot of things for a lot of different people. It means that busyness is maybe ramping up. Maybe things are calming down. Maybe stress levels are on the rise. Um, From what I can tell and what I hear, though, it seems like people are pretty busy, right? So that, mean, that makes us even more thankful for these moments that in the hecticness of life, we get to gather together. We get to worship together. We get to spend time with one another. And we get to dive into God's word together. And that's exactly what we're doing each and every Sunday. And, and during Advent, we're focusing on something in particular. During Advent, we're, we're really going to start diving deeper and deeper into this, these first 18 verses of John chapter 1 called John's Prologue. And we started that last week uh, with what David was preaching about, where we looked at what the Word made flesh. And we really kind of pressed into and highlighted the ways that Jesus is revealed to us as being divine, being relational, uh, being fully human. And today we're going to continue to walk through this passage, exploring what else God is showing us in this passage in John. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that sermon from last week, I really would encourage you to go and check that out. It's on our website and podcast to help build upon uh, what it is we're going to explore week to week. Because this week, as we explore what it means to, that the word was made flesh, today we're going to dive into this part in, chapter, in verse 14 that highlights that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, father full of grace, and full of truth. So we're going to look at what it means that Jesus, the Word made flesh, has been revealed to us full of grace and full of truth. So the first question is, well then, what is, what is truth? And we're, that means we're going to come out heavy swinging today. We're not going to hold any punches. We're going, what is truth? We want you to define that for yourself right now. Because that is an important question, right? What is truth? How do we define it? Does truth even matter? Where where does truth come from? Now, the reason these are important questions is because truth defines our reality, right? Truth defines our life, what is right and wrong, how that is measured. Truth is essential to the way that our lives are formed each and every single day, even from the beginnings as a child. And for those of you who are kids out there, there's a lot of things that you know right now that, that are truths, that are solid. You come here, you're, you're learning truth in, in the Bible and the scriptures. Your parents are teaching you things that are true. But sometimes as we go throughout life, no matter, life, no matter what age we are, some things can kind of shift, right? I mean, I remember when I was a little kid that my dad was asking me a question. He's got it on video, and I'm standing there in my Superman outfit, my Superman costume, and he goes, John, how can you tell the good guys from the bad guys? And I confidently take my Superman pose in my Superman costume. I was not much bigger than I am now. (laughs) You know, I was pretty close to the same size. And I go, 
well, the good guys wear their underwear on the outside, and the bad guys wear their underwear on the inside. And I thought that that was true in that moment, right? It didn't matter that I wasn't, like, always wearing my underwear on the outside. Just so you know, I've obviously grown out of that. But from what I loved those superhero flicks and what that did is it was showing me some sort of reality. It was helping me to form some sort of vision of what is true, of how we can tell who is good and who is bad. It was shaping me. And it was part of that journey of me learning about life. And for every single one of us, we're on a journey for truth, right? We don't always share the same journeys. Maybe you never thought that good guys wore their underwear on the outside. But we've all shared in some part of this journey of trying to figure out where truth is found. What defines right and wrong? Maybe it is superheroes. Maybe for us, truth is found in our value that we place in our class rank and our grades. Maybe for some of us, truth is found in our our position in our companies, the jobs that we have. Maybe it's defined by the role we have in our household as a caretaker, as a provider, as the cook, as the cleaner, whatever it may be. Some of it may be even latched in, in the pains and the tragedies that we've suffered and experienced. Maybe it's in my truth is found in loss. Maybe truth for me is found in suffering, what seems unjust and unfair. Maybe for some of us, truth is found in whatever is found in this book. Whatever it says goes. Maybe it's found in what we see in the news. Maybe even the Kardashians. You never know. But we're all looking for something solid to stand on that can help shape our lives. That can help give meaning and give purpose. Now what's great about Advent, what's great about this season is that this is a perfect time for us to wrestle with this concept of truth, of what truth means, of the impact that truth has on our lives. And our passage that we read from John today, verses 14 through 18, can serve as a great launching point for the Bible's answer to the question of what is truth. When we're looking for this eternal perspective, for something overarching that can govern all things, the Bible does have something to say. And it's revealed to us today. So once again, I want to just read this, th- these two verses. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 1, verse 14. And you can grab one in front of you. You can go to your phone app, whatever it is. And I want us to camp here for a little bit. And starting at verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace. And truth. Now, what's striking about this is there's a couple things we can start to pull from this. And in our journey for truth, I feel like it's oftentimes something we're looking for, right? Something we're searching for, something that we feel like we need to go grab and find. But the Bible, John tells us something different. John tells us here that truth is not something we discover, but something that's revealed by God. Let me say that again. Truth is not something we discover, but is revealed by God. That God is the source of truth. That truth isn't found in something that we can conjure up, that we can kind of rationalize, that we can kind of map out and draw up. That truth comes from that which is revealed directly from God himself. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, 
glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. This is part of what stands at the heart of what it means that the Word became flesh. That Jesus came from heaven to dwell among us. That God is the great revealer of truth. And that truth has been manifested, been made incarnate in Jesus Christ. That truth has become flesh and has become flesh directly from the source of God himself. Now, if you, you kind of are like me, you might be looking at that and going, all right, well, well what does that mean? What does it mean for Jesus to be the truth? How can a person be the truth? That doesn't make sense, right? How can that be revealed to us in a human? So let's continue to look at that. Now what we see is that what theologians have done is they do all the great legwork for us. So they make it easier and I can just read all the research they've done. And then kind of sit, sit there from afar and be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. But what they've said is that um, when you look at the Old Testament, you see a lot of ties to what John is saying in this prologue. In the beginning, God created in Genesis 1, and in the beginning was the Word at John 1.1. There's parallels there. And we see here the Old Testament comes back up because these words here, this grace and truth, truth, charis, aletheia in the Greek, or hesed, and the Met and the Hebrew, these terms are linked together in the Greek and the Hebrew. And then the Hebrew, the foundation for this is the grace and truth is God's loving kindness and his faithfulness. God's loving kindness and God's faithfulness. In fact, uh, a Theologian named Andreas Kostenberger writes about this and says, In Exodus and Psalms, loving kindness and truth are referred to as God's covenantal faithfulness that is ultimately expressed in God sending Jesus, his one-of-a-kind son. That truth, then, is not necessarily facts and figures and rules and laws that kind of like are a fence around us, keeping us in that fence. But that truth is ultimately God's faithfulness in fulfilling the promises that he made to redeem his people that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That's a different kind of truth. So for Jesus to come full of grace and full of truth means that truth is found in who God is and what God has done in Jesus Christ. Truth is found in what God is doing through his son which is great because for a lot of us, truth kind of changes as we grow up if we kind of do rules and boundaries because it starts with thinking that underwear determines good and bad. That doesn't make sense. And thank goodness that's not the case because I don't see anybody nowadays, well, most people I don't see, let me rephrase that, running around that way. And it changes. Even my understanding of money has changed. My understanding of doing right and doing wrong has changed throughout my life if I was left to my own devices, I'd probably doing so, my truth would be buried in my self-preservation. But we see that God's saying, no, 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 don't worry about that. Because truth is, is founded in me. 
Because truth is founded in my eternal goodness. Truth is the reflection of the holy, perfect, gracious, loving character of God and not of us, the broken creation. That truth that reflects God's perfect character, who he is, his promises to us, is manifested and revealed in Jesus. The word made flesh who came to dwell amongst us. Now John continues to emphasize this in other ways. This is a theme that we'll see throughout all of John. I encourage you to read John. Read the whole Bible, yes. But read John right now because one of the things about John that we realize is that he builds on this concept of truth throughout the entire gospel. That's not just here. In John 14, verses 1 through 7, if you do have your Bible out and you want to flip there, do so. Where John says, or where Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Now to paraphrase for time's sake, Thomas goes, Lord, we don't know where you're going. He looks at this in this regular, fenced-in sense. Lord, that doesn't logically make sense. Where are you going? Tell us how to join you. But Jesus' reply, which is a big, well-known verse in verse 6, is Jesus says to him, to his question of how can we know the way, that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. If you had known me, you'd know my Father also. Jesus here is foreshadowing his death. He's talking about these things, and he's making this strong claim that that ties with what is revealed about his character in the prologue, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that it's in Jesus that God's faithfulness has been revealed. Truth is in God's faithfulness to us. That he has come to us. He's become one of us. He's humbled himself. He's done this on his own accord. It hasn't been something that we deserved. He doesn't say any of this like, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father unless they fulfill these expectations, unless they meet all these rules, unless they fulfill these promises that they make to me. Continuing with John's language for the prologue, it's no one comes to the Father except from my grace, my truth, through me, the one who has been revealed as God's faithfulness. Truth, what it is, where we find it, is essential to life. It's essential to our souls. What we believe is truth impacts, influences, determines what we do, and it impacts every area of life and even faith. Now, what's hard is that this concept can kind of seem abstract, right? I I understand. Because I sat there and was looking at this and was thinking through things and and full confession, like as I prepared the sermon... And as I read the scripture, I go, so what is that? What do I have to do, Lord? So what do I do? What do I, what do I, what do I help people know what to do? The great thing is about the gospel that it's not about what I'm supposed to do next. But Jesus has come to do this out of his own love and grace for us. And that's the gospel. The gospel is not earned. The gospel has been given. 
And truth has not been earned by us. Truth has been given to us. And sometimes our tendency, mine especially, is one to say like, okay, so what do I do? How do I live up to this? How do I repay this? How can I make sure that, that I am deserving of this gift that God has given me? And sometimes God just wants to say, chill. Which is my translation of be still. <laughs> know that I am God. Sometimes we need to just sit there and be in awe of who he, he is, who he's revealed himself to be. Any of y'all ever struggle with chaos, fret, franticness, and busyness? Maybe a little bit? Kids, y'all ready? Yeah. It doesn't matter what age you are. That's hard, right? To be still. To let the truth of God that's been revealed in the person of Jesus to just be with him. To receive what he has given. To chill. And that's hard during this time of the year. But maybe that's what God is wanting us to do. Is that we focus so much on the doing that we forget about the being. That we're so busy planning that we miss the intimacy that God's extending to us. That he's given us in his son. That we literally get to be face to face with him. It's the beauty of Advent. It's the beauty of God's relationship with us. Advent is a wonderful time of the year. I've grown in the last few years of my love for this season because it actually prepares my heart for Christmas. It actually causes me to slow down because sometimes we get so busy and we kind of do the church thing and then we kind of just keep going and then the, the reason for Christmas, the Advent, the revealed truth of Jesus Christ kind of gets put on the back burner, right? Or we kind of just keep it in to ourselves and keep it in our, our family or something like that. But we see that, that Advent, the celebration of this time of the church, and the way that Jesus came as a man means that Jesus was not born to keep the truth of God a secret. God didn't stay in heaven and say, I'm going to keep this here, I'm going to show a few people here, and that's it. And if you happen to get lucky enough, then you're good to go. No, Advent is not a season of secrecy or apathy, but a season of revelation and unsettled anticipation. Advent is a season that stirs us, that should excite us, because now we get a reminder every year of God's faithfulness that has been given to us in Jesus Christ at no cost to us, but to the cost of his life. How wonderful is that? This is a great time to celebrate and thank God, to worship him. Sometimes I need that list of what God wants me to do next. Let me start checking those things off when I forget to just praise him. Praise him for what he's done, for who he's revealed to us in Jesus Christ, and how the Holy Spirit now is moving in us today and is continuing to reveal to us more and more about who he is. 
This is a truth that once we grasp, start, we can't fully grasp it, though. As soon as we start to grab hold of it, it frees us to a life of hope. We're not strapped to those other things. We're not strapped to the, the acceptance of our grades. Not the grades aren't important, kids. It's not what I'm saying. <laughs> grades are important. And we're not strapped to our place in our company. Not to say that that's not important, but that's not what binds us. We're not strapped to our role in our household, but we're set free in each and every single one of those things to the freedom and the hope that God has given us. That those things are part of the beauty and the gifts that God has blessed us with through his son. No matter how high or how low, if, if we're no longer strapped to those pains, but we have hope in the resurrection of the life in the world to come. So my hope and prayer is that this Advent would bring you face to face with the truth that is revealed in Jesus Christ. It's that simple. My hope is that during this season, we come face to face with Jesus, the truth, the truth that is revealed as God's faithfulness to us that only he fulfilled. Let us just chill out for a second. And sit and rest in his presence. Sit and rest in the hope that he gives us. I think all of us would agree that there's something different about those moments of face-to-face interaction. There's an intimacy there that we can sometimes miss. We let the busyness of life, the chaos of pain, the hurriedness of the season get a hold of us. Let us calm and wait in his presence. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that you have revealed in Jesus. For being faithful, Lord, in the midst of our unfaithfulness. For being true in the midst of our fickleness. and for being patient in the midst of our anxiety. Lord, calm us. Holy Spirit, calm us. Help us to see you face to face. Lord, may this season of Advent be a a season of drawing us closer to you. Lord, that our hope, our trust is placed in you, your love, and your grace. Lord, that has been revealed by you and you alone. Help us to put our trust in you, trusting in your truth that, Lord, you're faithful to the end. In your son's name we pray. Amen.